Welcome back, my banter bros, dudes, and dudettes. I am your dudery of your duderies, Timothy Dudister Bennett, and another dudist of the duders episode. Joining me tonight are my only one dude. The other dude can make it tonight. Dude. Uh, yeah, Jason Chandler here. And Aram dude is unfortunately working. Sorry, Aram. We're going to miss you. But moving on, so... Tonight's episode is it's going to be a fun one. So we are in the midst of our Marvel world where we're going down the road of the Marvel films through phases. We started with Iron Man. We watched Iron Man 2 last week. Mm-hmm. And this week we'll be discussing Thor. Ooh. Ooh. Fucking uh, 11 years ago this movie yeah, was made. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But... Uh, then we're going to get into our romance, our themed month, which is romance because it's February. And love is in the air. Yep. Or, or, or Aram's Palmer. proud of the love is in the February. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about four films each because Aram's not here to make up for Lex. So we're going to kind of do an extra film each. And this will be our final episode of the romance. And next month we go to sports. Sports. Yep, March Madness kind of. If anyone's got better ideas, you have exactly one week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was gonna say it's a little too late, but yeah, one I don't know. week. I, we're not sports people, but I thought March Madness, so that's why I thought of that. So and let's be real. It's not there, the best idea, but that's what we. There have. are a lot of like sports movies yeah. out there that we actually do really like. So yeah, so it, it's worthwhile. It's worth it. Yeah, talking about. And, and honestly, but next I, year I'll be honest, we might have to switch a. Maybe. Switch it up. We'll see. Because I don't yeah. think there's that many sports movies I could talk about. There's definitely more than we thought. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> when, true. When Brainstorming at work, so. yeah. All right. But yeah, so let's get into uh, <sighs> the Marvel world. Dun, dun, dun. It's a Thor. God that of Thunder. Beautiful blonde bastard. I, <laughs> Right. Uh, and I got to say, I, I, I forgot he was a little arrogant self-centered child <laughs> yep. and I, I was like oh yeah we're going down this road again but yup uh, you don't think about it later on because but it shows yeah, it just, yeah this is his origin story of becoming uh man boys to men <laughs> yep so i'm gonna play aram today oh okay oh yeah you got the, the aram facts, is not here the financial <laughs> so, facts uh but yeah so thor it was 2011 like jason said 10 years ago oh, yeah 11 years ago yeah, so 2022. I don't uh, I don't remember when it came out May. I think it came out May because I remember watching it in theaters mm-hmm. around my birthday. So, but yeah, 2011. It's PG 13, 155 minutes. Sorry, an hour and 55 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and uh, this is the third installment of the first phase of the Marvel chain of events, and this is like Jason also said, the origin story of Thor the comic book world um yeah i didn't see it that way back in the day no but this time around it was very clear yeah because but i think it's hindsight absolutely we know where we're going different different eyes watching these movies going back but the thing that made this film so incredible just like the other you know the iron man films is you had robert Downey jr you have samuel jackson you have some big hitters uh but this one had chris hemsworth which at the time he hadn't done much of anything he was in star trek as captain Kirk. yeah he dies in the first 10 minutes and that was my first thing when I saw that was he was he in playing Cabin it. in the Woods. He was in at, Cabin in the Woods, but I can't this? remember when that was, honestly, because that came out. It might have released way later. later. 
Yeah, it was yeah. way later. But uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, who's played Thor, and he transformed because he was a skinny, athletic guy. He looked like a soccer player. Oh yeah, before true. this, yeah. he was tall and skinny, you know, athletic build, and then he bulked up for this and completely proved me wrong. Oh wow! Which is where I started going, okay, Marvel, touche. <laughs> I won't judge your casting, and I can honestly say they haven't disappointed since. <laughs> yeah, uh, Natalie Portman, who's another big hitter, she plays Jane Foster. She's pretty pretty good in this. Like, I'm not a huge Natalie Portman fan, but I like her. She plays the anxious, nerdy. Scientist. scientist, yep. Pretty damn well. Tom Hiddleston, which I've never seen him in anything other than this prior. So I think, he, yeah, his story of how he got hired here is is from theater. Theater? Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense. He one, does a great Loki. One of the, yeah. And wow, does he look young in this fucking film. Yeah, right? He still looks young, but <laughs> like true. he looks There's... much younger. <laughs> uh, as, that was before he started dating Taylor Swift, so it, she must have aged him a little bit. Oh, my God. Drama queens. <laughs> but here's the biggest hitter Stress. of all. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins. The, the the amazing, amazing Anthony Hopkins. He plays the all-father. He plays Odin. And he plays it superbly. He has such a demanding demeanor. Yeah. In, in general, like mm-hmm. as an actor, as a human being. Uh, I love Anthony Hopkins, and I love him as Odin. Yeah. He was and, so appropriate. Yeah, his dad voice is yes. <laughs> his fucking... Yes. Is epic. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it is sad for Stan Lee because Stan Lee really was insisting that he played Odin, but the director wasn't having it. Stan Lee <laughs> wanted to play Odin. He would not have worked. He is just... He's, he, it's he's one of Stan Lee's jokes. Too fragile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he has no demeanor. That Stan says, Lee was just joking. Look at me. <laughs> I just uh, thought that was funny. He was uh, joking, making that joke during the, the marketing circuit of this movie. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> The other big hitter, which at the time, he wasn't really well-known in a lot of movies, but he had his name in movies. Uh, he, he's been around for a while, too, was Stellan Skarsgård. And if anybody doesn't know who he is, he's the father of Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in the new Stephen King movie. And he is father of Alex Skarsgård, mm-hmm. who was in the Tarzan movies. He was in True Blood. Uh, as the Northman. Is this the scientist guy in the Yep. Okay. This is this is Eric. Okay, yep. yep. Um Sel- Selvig. Yeah. Uh he is a big hitter. He's been doing he's been acting for he's a yeah, long I definitely time. familiar face, seen him definitely before, but yeah, I can't name a movie. He was in but, the latest Dune movie. He played the big big beast uh bad guy guy that was floating around. He looked he was like Jabba the Hutt. Holy shit, he That's, did, yep. didn't he? Damn. Yep. Uh, another one that surprises people because she has a small role, but oh, she's still in it. Is Kat, yeah, Cat Dennings. Yeah, and you know most people don't. I, I guess a lot of she's recognizable. Is yeah. really what it is. Like she was in this movie to make the the adolescent iPhone jokes. Yes. and shit like that. The, the, <laughs> the millennial. Yeah, <laughs> the millennial jokes. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Before millennials became a yeah. real prevalent. But thing. I like Cat Dennings. I do too. I'm I a do. sucker for her. I've mm-hmm. always been a sucker for her since I first saw her in 40 year old virgin. Yeah. To be honest. Like, and her show, uh, Dollface, which is coming, yeah. which is out, was pretty decent. Yeah. So I coming can see out why it's season. going on season yep. three at this yep. point. I, I suckered into that. I liked her in uh, Nick and Nora's yep. Infinite Playlist. That's where I first saw her. Yep. Her first rec- or remembered her face. Yeah. I'm a sucker for her. Mm-hmm. I like her. Uh, and then Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson, is obviously in here, who's oh, yeah. the agent. Of Shield, he's like the uh, 
I the like, one going around, yeah, talking to people. Yeah, he's the guy that I don't like his face because he has that little shit grin. But it's on so autopilot, good, though. And I gotta say, I'm getting used to it. Right? I like them so, better in this. It's so good. And then uh, Calm Fieri, I don't know how to say his name. He played King uh, Luffy, uh, the, the Frost King. Okay. And he's another big one. He was in uh, Riddick, the Chronicles of Riddick. He was the nice. bad guy in the Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. He's been in a, a shit ton of films, like... I, I didn't even take the time to recognize that dude's There's, face I because all I could think was White Walkers with orange eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... Obviously, this is way before Game of Thrones, but... That's just it, like, you wouldn't recognize him because yeah, all he all. was in makeup, but... It didn't look CGI-ish. It looked pretty well done. That's because it was all makeup. Yeah. Yeah, makeup artistry. Um, Idris Elba, mm. which I love him, uh, and he played Heimdall, which is the gatekeeper yeah. of Asgard. I love his tone of voice. And oh, yeah. Sincerity and He's another stern. one. Don't fuck with the rules. He's another it. one I could see. I If he didn't play that role, I could see him being the off-father, but the fact that he played Heimdall was perfect. Yeah. Uh, even though people gave him shit for being black, I'm like, who gives a fuck? He's great. Why? Was he not black in the comics? Well, um, he's not. No, he's not. Well, anyways, moving on. That's, that's, that's I don't, that's don't, don't, don't want to know why. No, that's stupid. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's Norwegian, too. You got to think Norwegian. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're, they're the whitest people. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Ray Stevenson, who I'm a sucker for Ray Stevenson, too. He played, uh, his biggest thing was he was in Rome. The series Rome, Ooh, HBO show guy. Rome. Yep. Yeah, he was, he was uh, also one of the, the entourage Punisher. guys in this movie, right? Uh, yeah, he was yeah, one of the, the Warrior Three. Yeah, yep. I fucking love this guy in Rome. I, yep, he was in um, the, uh, crap, the the one with Will Ferrell and um, the other guys. He played the oh, bad yeah, guy yeah. and the other guys. Uh, he's great. He was the Punisher in Warzone. Yep. I love Ray Stevenson. I think he's a great actor. Me too. So, I really, really do. And I I connected with him in Rome, that show Rome. Yeah, yeah. We should have had more than two seasons. The only other person that is kind of worth mentioning is Josh Dallas, who isn't a real big name, but he was in um, quite a few things. He played uh, Fendril, one of the Warriors, as well. And his big thing oh, now is Manifest. Warriors. That's like the latest show he played in is oh. Manifest. He was also in Once Upon a Time. He played Prince Charming. Okay. So he's in some stuff that is recognizable. And uh, he actually got replaced by Zachary yeah. uh, Levi? Le- Levy? It's one of the two. One of those two. That pisses me off. It's name. either Levy or Levy. Yeah. Because there's two Dan Levies, and one of them, ah, eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> the point it, is. They can be spelled the same but said differently, and it's. Fucking weird. Right. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is this has got quite the cast. Yeah. And it is, they all play very excellent parts too. Yeah. It's not something you can just brush aside because they do come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the most part, most of them come back. Especially like the Asgardians. Uh, they come back later on too. Like Heimdallas come back. Okay. Obviously, Anthony Hopkins <laughs> comes yeah. back. So, um, the director, Kenneth Br- Brana. Okay. I don't know how, how you say the name. Don't know anything about him, but you said that you found out something he did. Yeah, he came out. There's a new movie, uh, Death of the Nile, apparently, that's in theaters right now. Um, he directed and written, wrote that, maybe. Oh, it looks like he also directed the Orient Express, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Tenet. He directed Tenet. He did not. Oh, no, he acted. Sorry. Yeah. I was in the wrong one. Yeah. He's done quite a bit of more acting than writing Artemis and directing. Artemis Fowl. Cool. I like that one. Yeah. Okay. 
Yours, right on yeah, Jack Mary Ryder. Shelley's Frankenstein. I feel like that was good. Okay, well, I mean, still don't know much about him, but did you like the directing of this movie, this film? Did you see any shot, shots that were off or a little? No, I I thought it was fine. Um, we can actually we can get okay. that in a little bit. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, right. So the one thing about these Marvel films is like you know that they're succeeding because it's comic books and they're being brought to to life. And they started to do the stream, and we haven't stopped. <laughs> right. Um, they've just gotten better and better and better. And something I think was kind of interesting is this did get a decent review. IMD, at least, rating was 7 point mm-hmm. out of 10. I can... I agree. Yeah, I can... I would actually probably give it a little bit more of like an 8 because I love this world so much. Yeah. But there's a little yeah. bit more of a, a bias side to it than mm-hmm. how it was as a film. I just love the North mythology itself. So, And this is the comic book side of things. Um, the release date was May 6th, so it was a day after my birthday. Okay. Yep. I remember my buddy took me out to see this film because I was so fucking excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah, that makes sense. You like your Greek. Oh. What did you just say? Did I get it wrong? Do I North- come over there and give you a fist of fury? Yeah, you just called North mythology Greek. How dare you? Mm, Moving on. That's how ignorant. <laughs> this... This movie had a budget of 150 million. Mm. Now, if I'm correct, wasn't that that's like that's lower? That's like 30 million less than Iron Man Two. I, I believe it was so. 180 million for Iron Man Two, right? It's either 158 or 185, but yeah. So the way I remember, it was things, a little dyslexic. less. And honestly, this had better visuals. This had way this, more. This did pretty well with its. Uh, Computer graphics when they were in Asgard. Asgard, yeah. Yeah, you know, walking on that fucking shit. So yeah, I don't know. They 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 did it right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they fucking. What was the opening weekend? So the opening weekend was sixty five million seven hundred twenty three thousand three hundred thirty six domestic. Right on. Not bad. Yeah. For an open weekend, back in two thousand and eleven, I. Mean, not really bad. Gross domestically, 181 million. Just from the first weekend. Yep, and yeah. that's just I read domestic. somewhere it got like close to 500 thousand. That's worldwide gross. Yeah. Yep. Worldwide, 400 and basically 50 million mm-hmm. worldwide. Not bad. Just another reason they can have what they top three fucking companies in the world. They can just have all the money and do whatever they want. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially now. So that is what we're dealing with. So let's get into the actual film. So you wanted to ask something uh, about the cameras, or what, were you, what was your question? I just thought they did CGI pretty well for its. I don't know. It's still early stages, 2011. Like it stopped being super cheesy and it started becoming not what it is now, but it's, it was in the middle. It felt like it was in a transition. To yeah. Where, to where like watching it now, it was like obviously this is all computer. You know, but it didn't look bad. Yeah, there wasn't still to this day, like rewatching it because I don't know how long it's been since I watched it. But yeah, it it holds up CGI wise. The graphics really do hold up still. Yeah, like you can't you can tell when they're basically in like green screen kind of mm-hmm. thing. But the graphics themselves, the world that they built, doesn't have a lot of flaw. Yeah. Like you can usually tell when they're kind of bad or mm-hmm. whatever. But nope. I was looking for it just because I'm spoiled or. You know. You just look for it. We live this life, or CGI. We've seen so many films, you know. 
So I was just trying to see if I could nitpick there, and I could not. Well, to answer your question, I thought the graphics was, was great, and I thought this was, I thought this was really well done. Uh, of of you know, camera shots, the directing was really decent. It was pretty straightforward. They didn't get too complex. They didn't get too unnecessary either. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good structure. But how do you think that the how do you think the graphics? How do you think this world really fit for the story? Spot on. For the story? Yeah. Like, how do you think it helped with the, run that story? The graphics? It made you feel where comfortable or you knew where he came from or you... I don't know. I don't understand the question, maybe. So, sometimes you get those scenes and those points where they just throw you in something to kind of lead you somewhere where you don't need to or like a distraction. Did you ever feel that way? No. That you're looking at something pretty instead of worrying about characters wearing the story goes you know what i'm saying sometimes you get some of those i did not feel tricked there you there, there you go. that's not. a better word for it did you feel tricked no this all felt very believable yeah like you this is how it's supposed to go i like i like the the beginning of the movie how it was uh the car crash or yep. him running into the, the van or whatever and then they gave the backstory and then it, it it met up with each other yeah i don't yeah i didn't feel tricked at all no, not even in the CGI. Uh, I guess, I don't know, there was a CGI battle in the beginning where it was very dark. Oh, it was, a, it was the Frost. The Frost Giant. Telling the story about where the Frost Giants and Asgard Yeah, from, and they yeah. were in the battle, and there was all... It was pretty dark and kind of unclear, but I think that was necessary to make it look better. So I didn't, once again, I didn't feel tricked. Yeah, you're dealing with... Uh, in, in a fucking world with no illumination whatsoever, yes, it seems. and that's what I was going to say. You're dealing with a, a world that has no sun. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a blizzard. Mm-hmm. That's their world. Is a, It's an ice planet. Yeah. Uh, or realm, as right. Thor consistently calls it. How about you? You feel tricked? Why did no, you ask that question? not at all. Like, I, just because we were talking graphics? Yep, just because we were talking graphics. So, like, it's one of those things where I thought that the... Visual effects were very appropriate. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything unnecessary. One of the biggest things I loved about that that helped explain the story was not only Asgard itself, because that's primarily where the, all the graphics come into. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, just amazing scenery, especially with the space, the galactical mm-hmm. world. Oh, it was just a phenomenal. I loved it so much. <laughs> but it was the Bifrost. The Bifrost, ah, the Rainbow Bridge, yeah. the way they did that was just, I thought it was just amazing. It seemed it was, like it would be a realistic thing, not yeah. just something you'd see. So anytime I've seen something like that that's been described for Bifrost, it's just been a rainbow. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like, oh, well, that's lame. They did this amazing. They did this so well yep. that I was sad when it was broken at the end. Yeah, I right? was a little down in the dumps when, when uh, the guy was standing there just as— He's still guarding it, but it was broken. <laughs> uh, he was still doing his job on. You know, I know. Yep. It was. It just did it so well. I was sad when I saw it broke. And so, like, and I that's silly. I think that the fact that they did that was one of the coolest things. Was that Bifrost bridge? It was like a crystal almost, which really yeah. helps with the enchantment side of the things with with this world. Yeah. And I just I thought it was great. That's spot on. I just loved it. And it looks all transparent and shit, but then you got him smashing it with the fucking Right. And like I said, it's like a crystal. It, yeah. It it looks like a like a court crystal or something. Now saying that I loved the that they explain technology and magic. Yeah. And they explain that when he's talking to Jane, where they explain that 
where Jane comes from, both. it's you know science and and magic are two separate things. But where he Thor comes from, they basically coexist together. Yeah, and I love that because they showed that they showed that for the 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 portal, the mm-hmm. gate, the Heimdall guards. That that's a that's a mechanical entity yeah. creature thing, not creature, but you know what I mean. Like it's its own like living thing that's scientific, uh, scientific, and then it's got the magical parts components to it too. Like that was I thought brilliant, and how it shoots them wherever they need to go right. to the galaxy, and that beam, that that wormhole, yeah, I thought was so cool. Yeah, that was I don't know one of the coolest warping. Things yeah. I've ever seen in any kind of fucking, I don't know. It was very intense. It looked great. Yep. And I believed how fast they made me think they were going. <laughs> I also really loved that they stamped the ground every time yeah. they do it. That that was super cool yeah. too. And it was cool. Trademark. It's Bam, all imprinted. Because she's like, oh, we need to fucking uh, capture this before it disappears or something. Yep. He's just walking all over it. At first, I was like, oh, the sand. He's gonna be kicking it all yep. pattern all different. Then later on, you see it in daylight. It's Imprinted. Yeah. <laughs> it's there for life. So tattooed. In, in this in this story, in this film, this is the third installment of the Marvel world. Like we have only gotten a couple characters. Um um uh, Hawkeye. We get his first appearance. I just wanted yes. to slip that in quick because we were adding that, a, no, that's, 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 what I'm, that's what oh, I was okay. about to ask. I was about to ask. <laughs> like, I was about to go there. It was like we we only have this is the third installment, but we've only had Iron Man. That's uh, and War Machine. Those are really and two characters. Scarlett Johansson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And Scarlett Johansson. Once so again, three we characters. Don't, we don't even know she's Black Widow yet. We well, don't we even. Do, oh they, yeah, yeah, my we bad. Do the second yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, they, uh, it comes to fruition at the end. Yeah. Yep. When they're but at the diner and stuff. They don't say it. We just know it because do. she kicks well, some no, ass, yeah, right? That's right. That's she right. just busted a move at yeah. the end with John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, with she Happy. takes out like ten people and he takes but even, out one. Even before so. then, at the diner, they say uh, Natasha Romanoff, her real oh, name, suppose, which is yeah. Black Widow. So it kind of a comic fair enough, book fair enough. Point. But they don't call her. I don't think they call her Black Widow. No, they, they don't. may. They don't. But, they don't but if you're a fan of the comics, you know, then you know, who you know the difference. But uh, yeah, here we don't know it's Hawkeye, but nope. we get Hawkeye. He's, they don't. They don't say Hawkeye. They say. I, they call him by his real name. Yeah, Clint. But we, we get well, his Burton. attitude. They don't even say Clint. They say Burton. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they use his, his last name. But yeah, we just get his attitude that we see for the next <laughs> 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> and I love it. All in a couple lines of dialogue yep. in a one scene. Oh, yeah. You're going to send any backup or uh, you're just going to have more guys for him to beat up? <laughs> it's like, we don't, it's like, you want me to hit him? Because I'm starting to root for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I did think it was a little video game-ish or silly. It was like a mini-boss when he was going for the hammer. And then all of a sudden, there was one guard that was just like ogre-ish. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it was a weird, like... You you got to remember, he's human. Yeah. He doesn't have his god abilities I know anymore, that. So he's human. But it was just weird. They just have like one... One guard. Or, 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 or big, big ogre monster. Ogre yeah. guard to, to have this little boss fight before he gets to his... Uh, you know, destination. It, was, it felt very video game-ish. And it was just silly because the guy didn't say anything. There was no dialogue. It was just, just like just, growling. It was, just, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, I don't know. But then we got Clint to save the day with his smart-ass shit, you know, talking and, to Colton. And from, something I think that, because I, I can't disagree with that <laughs> kind of feel. You're right. It was almost like it was set up for a purpose of that. But it, I, I mean, it was. I, I get it, it for the action for this 
the make it feel like when he gets to the hammer, it was kind of more. It's worth it. Yeah. I but, also think it was a way of showing that he doesn't have his godlike yeah, powers. That's he true. is human. So he's still almost untouchable. Oh, that's, I already knew I mean? that when Cat Dennings tased him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how did you like Thor's characteristics? I, 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 I liked, he was so funny when he was <laughs> just smashing the cup. I'll take another. I love the pet shop thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, give me a horse or blah, 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 or something so, to ride. The pet shop's like, if we got dogs and cats and lizards, he's like, anything big enough I can ride? Right. <laughs> His ignorant, arrogant humor, if that's not contradictory, I, I loved it. It was fun. No. Fish out of water shit. Right away, we, because we, he's been banished from Asgard for yeah. basically fucking up, for not listening to dad, and mm-hmm. now he's being punished. Um, he's being grounded. He's being grounded. Literally. He's literally <laughs> being grounded. He got pummeled into the ground by the Bifrost, and now he's, he's stuck. Stripped of his armor. Uh, so with this newfound uh, epiphany that he's having to come to, how, do you, how did you like the character development of him coming, having this ego, this vain yeah. ego about how great he is and how he's this badass warrior and He's the best, untouchable, to when he becomes human. This is the conversation I'm looking forward to here with you. Maybe I missed something, but it's... So he... he, Does he change to become a better person because of Natalie Portman and falling in love at first sight? Because her love story isn't hashed out very well in details. It kind of just happens. But they fucking love each other at the end of the movie. And they yeah. do that stupid thing like, like, oh, my God, you're pretty. I just, I've never seen somebody so pretty. When they first see each other, they're just like, they do that thing. So I, was, I wasn't sure if they were trying to, it's, wasn't sure if they were trying to sell me on love at first sight. It's not the love at first sight thing, though. The, it, it's not quite that drastic. Because you got to think in his position, he's had, you know, it, he falls for thing. he falls for the the mortal, but not instantly because he, he was does. able to leave. He this all to, takes place in like two days. He was able to move on. He could go. Well, this is it. Goodbye. You wouldn't do that. Love at first sight. When did he move on? When he was getting ready to go find his hammer. When they're in the diner, he's like, "All right, well, farewell." Oh no, oh, I suppose. So okay. It, now yeah. she, on the other hand, well, he's cool at love at first sight. Well, <laughs> he just knows how to not be a bitch about it. She gains that attention quickly. Yeah. Like instantly. Uh, well, I get her thing. From the moment that he, because he was laying there, he was not even coherent enough to really appreciate or anything. True. But it wasn't but there, necessarily, it was the way that he was being treated that was, and the same kind of goal that she brought to him, I don't know, for willingly, I guess. Uh, that he admired. And then, yeah, obviously she's attractive, but let's be real. Like Lady Sift, I think so much more <laughs> up to his speed. Wait, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, that, that apparently never became a thing. So uh-huh. I don't, it wasn't the love at first sight thing, but there was this. Well, they, they just got, they were, they attached pretty quickly. There was like a car ride and they, they, they were just, he was just complimenting me. Mm-hmm. so strong. And I was like, oh, Okay, man. Uh, all right, whatever. We're just moving this love story along. Okay, let's. I believe it. Let's go. And that's kind of so, what I'm saying. Like it's that treatment that he's getting from her mm-hmm. that 
you know, there's no reason for, actually, I think he says it. There's no reason why you should be helping me like you are, but you are, and you deserve better than I have been treating you. And I think it's that epiphany, that moment of like clarity going, oh yeah, I'm being a fucking douchebag and you're just being an amazing person right now. Did he now. not notice that at least half of it was selfish desire? She, she On was, his end, yeah. She was helping him yep. for her benefit in her. yeah. <laughs> she wanted answers. She wanted answers. She wanted her equipment back. She wanted mm-hmm. to, yeah, answers. And so but, I, that's the way I saw it. But, but I, there was an infatuation on her end, too, the giddiness. There's an infatuation on my end looking at this guy <laughs> and his right? whole fucking family. Like, yeah, I was like what Kat Denning said right away is, uh, as for a homeless guy, he's pretty, pretty cut. cut, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, sorry, I tased you. <laughs> her way to try to get his attention. Um, so that's a piece of his character arc and the other side is learning lessons from his father and being lied to by his brother right and that all kind of gets uh at the end but his main reason for him to go sacrifice himself and i don't know if he gets knocked out or dies but when he gets hit by the defender that loki's controlling but his resurrection yeah, yeah okay so so his whole reason to walk up and save the people is her right or Mm, it, it's definitely I, I, a part I, of it. I'm it's hoping not, I'm wrong and missing no, something. It, it's here. definitely a part of it. So you, it's a little, it's a little less on the surface and a little bit more deeper than and that. And that's why I'm talking so, to you, Tim. <laughs> it, it comes down to he had this ego. Yeah, he, his head was huge. Oh, absolutely. He had all and the as power. soon as he came down on Earth, he still felt that way. Mm-hmm. She was the only one that basically balanced that out by kind of putting him in check. Yeah, you know, and so that helped. He realized, oh shit, I'm yeah, that was dis- like the whole. Breaking a cup. He's like, no more breaking shit. Like, I admit no disrespect. It's like, well, just don't do it. And he's like, okay, I won't. Like, yeah. That's what gains her, his, like, attraction towards her is that that respect. I did like his... Uh, her demeanor towards him is very, don't do that. This is wrong. This is right. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. black and white. And he looks at this world as puny because he's a god. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's where you gotta you gotta look at that as like she's keeping him in check, okay, and he's appreciating that he's being put in check. Yeah. And it wasn't until he realized he that he when when Loki he wasn't worthy. The whole concept of this film was he had lost his his worthiness, his status, his status, his worthiness to be a king, to be a leader, to his people, to rule. To Mimir, make his father like, proud. The hammer you can only pick up if yeah. you're worthy. And he wasn't worthy. That was that moment that he had, yeah. had his his moment of clarity. That that change, that that the catalyst of everything of his transformation into a better person That's true. was he, when he failed to pick he up. He allowed hammer. himself to be handcuffed by people. He could even if he's not a god, he could still throw him yep. a million miles. Because he that was the moment he realized that yeah. that he is he's he's not. He's yeah, not worthy. That's when and played. that crushed him. Because yeah. in that kind of culture, especially in the North, you know, mm-hmm. North culture, the Scandinavian culture, the Viking culture, it's it's all about honor and pride. He had demolished his honor, he had demolished his pride. And so he wasn't worthy to carry the hammer. And yeah, like Odin said is. in the that's... beginning, it's a hammer uh, as a as a tool for destruction or a tool to build. Yeah. And the fact that he couldn't do either of those. He used them for the wrong purposes. Oh yeah, he was depressed. He was sad. So he, that was that moment where he gave into his situation. That's why him and Eric had that bar conversation when they were drinking. 
that was that moment where where things kind of came aligned. Is he realized I didn't know where to where I belonged. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was doing this right thing, and I realized that it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. And now I don't know what to do. So it was a moment of being vulnerable. He needed to be vulnerable because you can't have an ego and be vulnerable. Right. So the moment that vulnerability came in, which Natalie Portman helped, which you know his situation helped, and obviously Loki telling him, "Oh, father's dead," lying to him, but yeah. he didn't know. That mm-hmm. that crushed his world and realized this is his fate now. Yeah. But it wasn't until he found out that it was all a lie mm-hmm. that he goes, okay, well, now it's, that's, I got to get up there. Yeah. Loki even said, your m- mother doesn't want you back mm-hmm. in, in different words. And that crushed him. Chris Hemsworth did really good with his eyes in this movie. Like, I, he did some believable reaction. No dialogue, just reacting very well. Yeah. Even to uh, Natalie Portman when she was calling him out about the cup, he was just like, it's still in his ego mode, but he was still like, you're you're right. Yeah, yeah. He, kinda, <laughs> he, he was just like uh, annoyed, but he was like... He became yeah. domesticated real quick. Which... <laughs> 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 he ain't got it. I actually, I have to agree. One of the scenes I always remember, and I have to say that really shows that point is Chris Hemsworth's eyes is when he's in the bar drinking with uh, Eric. Yeah. And they grab the big mugs because they're drinking the (laughs) Boilermakers and they start drinking. And then he looks over and he's like, it's his eyes. Because that's all you see is his eyes. And he's like, they went from being like this to (laughs) now it's on. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, Chris Hemsworth was a perfect person for this. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. He's only gotten better (laughs) too. Oh, absolutely. So... It, it, this might be a great, but that conversation in the bar, uh, the Eric was like, hey, don't mess with this girl or whatever. She's important. You need to leave town. And then they just get drunk, and then they go back to his place, drop off Eric as he's passed out. Yep. Then he just hangs out with Natalie all night, and then some shit goes down, has Nothing no chance. Happens. Nothing happened. They just forget that conversation. They, he doesn't have to leave town anymore. Well, because he, he won the drinking competition. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's, I mean, let's be real. That's, that's Northman. That's 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 us as men. Yeah. I think. I mean, wow. We, that's that simplifies it, right? We, yeah. We we get a little like you know our testosterone gets into us where we're like we're trying to be protectors, mm-hmm. especially on areas that aren't our jobs to protect. But mm-hmm. once we get a little booze in us, and uh, bonding. Yeah, things change. Booze and bond. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Things change. <laughs> so, yep. I, right. I, I like his comment. It's like, what happened? Is he all right? Oh, nothing of the uh, emergency tort. It's like, we just, we drank, we fought. Uh, he made his ancestors proud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, How did you feel about the CGI battle? Uh, I thought it was fine. Like, mm-hmm. once again, this is 2011, so 2010, I let's be real. I don't mean to be demeaning when I say that. Just every Marvel movie has a finale CGI battle or whatever. I just meant, like, the meaning of it, like... Because you see that Defender take out... The Destroyer? Destroyer take out those guys that try to steal their inner... The Frost people yep. in the beginning of the movie. Yep. The whole reason why he fucking starts a war. Or, um, Thor. Uh, so you see how powerful yep. that goddamn thing is. Just fucking destroys people. And then it seemed like Loki was controlling it. Yeah, because he was king. Yeah. So, it, so it, up it, until that moment, I was like, ah, this is kind of whatever. But then 
it was only because he's he's reigning the the, the kingdom of Asgard as yeah. a king, as an initial king right now. Even though he wasn't formally done, right? Which is what Heimdall kind of was hinting at, was like, uh, you know, yes, uh, you have title of king. I I have to respect, but doesn't mean I honor. Mm-hmm. You as my king. <laughs> That's why he was so quick to be like, "Yep, you guys." Well, he's like, "Oh, you are, you are fired." Oh, well, then I don't have to reign over you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, like, the destroyer is a. It, it's just a guardian kind of thing. It's yeah. just a, a. I like it was simple. I like the little twisty whatever mm-hmm. thing it does. The face fire. But if it wasn't for that, honestly, that last battle is probably the one thing I, I kind of didn't like, care for out of this film. Like, it was super cheesy. It was. I, I kind of wish there was more to it, but it worked. It was just fine. Like, it worked. Thought, it, it made its point. I thought it was very concise. I, I'm glad there wasn't more to it uh, because the real battle was between him and Loki. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It didn't distract. The real boss battle. Yeah. It didn't distract away from the point of this film, which was a, a boy learning his place to be a man. Yeah. It's, it's coming of age, basically. Yeah. You know, of a grown-ass adult, but mm-hmm. <laughs> who's thousands of years old. But... but Brats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's basically yeah, rich daddy mm-hmm. who spoils the children takes the car and inherits away mm-hmm. basically and says, oh nope, you got to live in a shitty apartment for a year, and uh, then see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> so gaining some appreciation for what you have. Uh, yeah. It it's basically that was the whole point, which is why I said it worked out just fine. I just a part of me goes, eh, you yeah. Know, I, I kind of wish there was more to it, but this worked just fine. It did what it's supposed to do. I have no gripes about it. I personally just would have been like, oh, it would have been cooler if there's something more badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did exactly what it should have done. And that's also where the budget probably came in. They could focus on the world of Asgard, yeah. apply all that money into the Asgard world, because they kept everything else very simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were just in New Mexico in this small little town. Small fucking town. So, that was like wild. That was like Deadwood shit. Right, yeah. There's like there's, nothing that they needed to do that one was super expensive. Fair. Except for maybe blow up a couple diners. Yep. <laughs> but. How, but yeah. did, how did you feel about it? No, I, I yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was, I agree with the word cheesy. But I thought they, it was pretty quick. It made some points. And then it moved on to. Uh, him do, uh, earning his powers and then uh, managing them better. Like, he was making better choices with his fucking powers. And you could see him proud to be in a new mindset yes. with his cape back and his fucking hammer back in his hand. So he, It was very cliche. Yeah. It was a, it was a very typical trope. It was very trope. superhero fucking, yep. yeah. But it was appropriate. Yeah. It was... Absolutely appropriate, and and that's why and I liked it because then it, it it's a setup to the Loki interaction yes. between him and him, and that's the real boss battle. That's the real conflict. He's learning the truth. He's learning Loki lied. He's fucking Loki's coming clean or some shit. I don't know. Well, Loki is just he's the Thor is really the only one that has a sense of growth. Yeah, because it's all about his growth. Yeah, Loki went. He, he was went pretending to be yeah. up here. But really, it was always down here. Yep. So, yeah, they, they went opposite uh, trajectories in their growth for sure. They really did, yeah. Yes, and, yeah. And honestly, like when you start to find out, like towards the end, I was what I want to bring up. How did you feel about the ending of this when they're back in Asgard and the the, the doors, the gateway is shut, yeah. sealed off, right? And he's destroying the Bifrost forever, and then Loki 
like it goes over the Ooh. over it. Yep. When he goes over the the Bifrost bridge and then <laughs> Thor dives after him. And then Odin steps in and grabs yeah. Thor. How did you feel about that? I loved it. At first um <clears throat> sorry. Um <clears throat> the the fight between Thor and Loki was fine, but I love how Thor just put the hammer on his chest and then walked away and, and did. <laughs> fucking loved it. Yep. And then the decision to make the right choice. And, you know, he wanted to get back to Natalie, but he had to smash that bridge. Sacrifice and his that, own wants for that the woke, greater good. Yep, yep. And that woke up Odin yep. from Odin's sleep, I believe they mm -hmm. called it. So I thought, fucking boom, they're on a roll. And then uh, for Odin to catch them, and this is where we're, you, your yep. question was at, I thought that was one of those. Yeah, uh, I, I guess it was predictable, but it was fucking, it needed to happen. And then uh, Loki just fucking letting go was a nice touch. I personally think this is the only time in this film where, like, you could you could probably get, well, yeah. it was, it was yeah. teary. Like, yes. it, was, it was emotional. Mm -hmm. It was truly emotional, and, like, I probably could, I probably could have cried if it was a... <laughs> If you were Lizzie and love, it was just it, Loki it was, way too much. It was one of those things where Thor loves Loki. Mm -hmm. It's his brother. He doesn't know any different. But Loki battles with that, you know. Yeah, he battles. He's and we see that throughout the the rest of the you know Marvel world. But like he battles the idea of just loving anything really other than himself right and it wasn't until odin you know came over and saved him and like this is where that whole dad voice the whole mm -hmm. the whole uh anthony hopkins persona and the all father worked so well as he didn't have to yell it was a soft whisper yeah while loki is screaming and he could still be heard as clear as day. Mm -hmm. And it was just simple words. And that's just that's supposed to be that symbolizes the the resonance that that the off father is. He's the great all powerful. Like he isn't a you know massive, huge, powerful being. Fucking like Odin. he he yeah, he's the off father. Like yeah. he is more powerful than Thanos. He is basically a borderline celestial. Like he he goes right up to a celestial god of power. Like he yeah, didn't they say oh something goodness. like they're in the realm of Eternals or something like that in the uh, beginning? So, yeah, something like okay. that. Okay, if it's not worth the end. Um, but yeah, he's he's that fucking strong. But <laughs> it was that moment of you you just you can I, see it I, in in Odin's face when when Loki's going. I just I did it for us. I did it yeah. for all of us. And he was so disappointed. He's like, I fucking know you. You're lying to me. Right? You did it for yourself. And it was so. But it wasn't just that. It was like, it's like, I still love you. Like, you can yeah. see the love that Odin yeah. has for Loki. He's just like, give me a chance to forgive you, and I will. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. there's like this moment of silence, just the three of them looking at each other. And uh, Odin and Thor both realize that Loki's going to let go. And then Odin just, Odin's like, yeah, yeah you're going to do what you're going to do. You know, and then, and then Thor yells like, please don't, because, you know, he's not as smart as Odin. <laughs> but it was a very powerful moment mm -hmm. before instead of like so you get that that emotional moment before you see Loki's hand let go mm -hmm. and then he just fucking flies away and then he gets and sucked seen, into the the, yeah. the vortex yep mm -hmm. and that the reason why I bring that up is because okay. then it carries on for the rest that sets the tone of the relationship 
from this point on yeah. throughout the rest of the the this universe mm-hmm. the films and we see that towards the end when Sif and um and Freya are talking like Freya goes how is how is Sif? Oh Renee Russo yes please We didn't say her name we didn't and I find bad. her so attractive she is gorgeous. <laughs> for, yeah, for a much older lady. And like, a great oh, yeah. actress. And all, a yep. tin cup. I fucking love it all. <laughs> yeah, she's great Sorry. as the mother, too. She has but, such a great motherly... Yes, yes. I don't know. Yeah, she looks beautiful in this film. Yes. Um, But when Lady Sif was talking to her and said, oh, how, how is he? And he's like, well, he he misses her, you know, and talking about yeah, yeah. Jane. And he's like, and he's uh, mourning his brother. Yep. <clears throat> and it just shows you, like, Thor loved Loki. Mm-hmm. But he's just so blind by his love for Loki that he didn't see that Loki was so manipulative. And, like, it just shows Yeah, he never saw it coming. No, it shows you that childlike innocence that Loki, or that, that uh, Thor has. Yeah. And that's what made him such, I don't know, uh, an interesting, like, character. That's why he was so vain and stuff. He didn't, he had some growing up to do. Yeah. Essentially, like you said. Yeah, and, and that's why you don't get... A title sequence or title screen in this movie until the end. It doesn't say Thor at all until the end, and I think that was on purpose from because he wasn't Thor. He was not the Thor we, you know, that we're gonna see in the future films. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, people, but I, 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 you just get, uh, yeah, you don't get the, you know, title. That's that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't even Rick, I didn't even realize that. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of made me kind of keen eye right there. Yeah, that's kind of what made it click. Like this is just a fucking coming of age thing that yeah. he said, and yep. just the way they dropped Thor and all. Like mm, this means something now, opposed to if they would have done it in the beginning. Yep, smart move. Yeah, smart fucking. I have move. to agree with you. <laughs> I fucking that went over my head. I didn't notice. <laughs> now the only thing I could say is like this doesn't follow Norse mythology. Okay. So tightly. This yeah, is a comic you're book. The, you're the guy in our this group. This is a comic book story. Like they do a decent job with. You know, referencing and having points and things yeah, like that. Yeah, Stanley just pulled what he wanted yeah, and had this, fun with it. This is comic book, yeah. You know, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. So this is their own thing. But yeah, other than that, uh, Thor oh. man is uh, post credit scene. I don't think I ever seen this one before. Yeah. So what was the post credit scene? It was uh, uh, Eric talking to Nick Fury. Yes. Yes. And then uh, what, what what do they call that thing? It's it, it was a Tesseract. Tesseract, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this implemented that Loki was not dead. And in control of Eric. And in control of okay, Eric. Okay, yeah. Yep. Nice. Uh, yeah, I never saw that before. So the Avengers, uh, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> For later on. Yeah. Because yeah. we, have, we have one more film. Yeah, that doesn't really answer that nope. credit scene. Nope. Yep. But the phase two it's the beginning of phase two we'll yeah. get there yeah but those are my thoughts on the, the the credit scene should we talk about the one shot or do you want to wait the one shot because this one shot was kind of before this you know what i mean the one shot was off the incredible so these one shot the one shots shot? are out of place in the kind of yeah. or maybe just this one it's because they're, like this one. they're sneaking it in because well, let's talk about it so, so the one shot, because you watched it, right? I yeah. watched it, yeah. and I was kind of lost. Yeah, okay. And well, let's I, not talk about it. Yeah, this. and then you answered some questions prior to recording. So, yeah, they're just having a conversation. Have well, what's the one shot called? Consultant, right? Yep. Consultation? The, no. The, the, the consultant. consultant. Yep. So, Colton talks to some other guy yeah. that's similar to his job. The guy in the glasses who was like, 
running the... <laughs> that Patsy joke was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Oh, no, I think of Patsy. I, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's something Tim would say to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. I know. But, yeah, I didn't know who Emily... Bat... Yeah, I don't know. I don't Is know. she something to do with Gamma Ray or Scientist with Hulk or something? She might have been uh, his daughter. I, I don't really remember. Okay. But it might wasn't been... that their whole plan was to get Tony Stark... To convince General Ross, who yeah. is William Hurt, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, okay. He, he, we see. So let, let's break this down. This one shot, the consultant is uh, Coulson talking to the other guy in a diner. That is this one shot, but they take the end credit scene from The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, the okay. one that we decided doesn't, we're not going to wa- talk about because yeah. apparently Marvel doesn't want to think that it exists <laughs> because it's not in. The Marvel world. It's but not canon. I don't know because they keep like. Is this well, the weird part about it? They took what they're they, taking what they want, yeah. but they're just forgetting that Edward Norton was a part of anything. Yeah, it's like they're just put it in the closet. But we're gonna take this, but no, mm-hmm. we're gonna put you in the closet. You know what I mean? Because they take the abomination. The abomination is still in there. Yeah, they take William Hurt as uh, General Ross, Thunderbolt yeah. Ross, and those are the two things that carry on throughout the world mm-hmm. and the rest of them. So they take that. Uh, conversation and they basically introduced that end credit scene in the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. And that's where Iron Man comes in to a bar and talks to General Ross to try to have a conversation. And then they jump back into how the one shot out. and how it played out. Yeah. Basically saying like, oh, General General Ross got so upset he tried to have Tony start kicked out of the bar. <laughs> what happened then? Well, Tony bought the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Demolish. It's going to be destroyed on Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, it was, it was pretty short and funny, but what the fuck were they telling me? What were they setting up? Hulk? Who's Emily? What? what Emily's what? not important. That's okay, it. Like, okay. It's not important. Okay. It's, it's about Ross. It's basically about Ross. That's all it, was, it really was. And they were trying to lead up into the Incredible Hulk's introduction into the world. Mm-hmm. I believe that's all it was. Okay. You know, because, but now that whatever happened at the time, and I, which I don't know, I'd have to do some research. I think that's really all it was. And that's why they took what they wanted because they carried it on later on. So When were these one-shots created? Were they, when were- they they were created way back when. Yeah, oh, like shit. this one was created, I think, uh, in 2010 maybe. And then Where the, would you see them? Were they on YouTube or something? No, or like I, DVD I think they were, specials? DVD specials okay. and stuff, yep. Because then um, the next one, the next one-shot, the Something Happened on the Way to Thor's Hammer, was done in 2011. So it was done shortly after. So I'm assuming oh. it was just the one shot stuff. Okay. But yeah. All right. Yeah. So stay tuned for next week for uh, Captain, Captain America. America. Yeah. The first Avenger. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that one. All right. That was a good conversation. That that was. Yeah. You learned a little bit more about Thor. I did. At least comic book Thor. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. I kind of want to ask you about that other show you watched, but I don't. That was not the time. Yeah, what time? And especially <laughs> since you said that, yeah, one's, this is comic book Thor, like you said. Yeah, it's comic book so Thor, it's yep. time. it's time to warm some hearts. Yes, and eat some chocolate. Yeah, we didn't decorate any hearts. There's no hearts. Um, I got one in here somewhere <laughs> in this void. Is it pink? No, it might be black. Yeah, all right. All right. And about the size of a grape. Our hearts match. <laughs> so adorable. All right, I'm getting a little too sappy for my taste. <laughs> uh, All right, but uh, Aaron's not here. He usually go f- 
He goes first. This is the uh, part of the show where we uh, <clears throat> pick our favorite romantic movies. Yeah. So, what is your sap stream of sap stream <laughs> of of this evening? What are your four films? We're doing four. Yeah, we're going. So. We're going four. I'm gonna go. 1990, Pretty Woman. Oh, damn. Pretty uh, Woman, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I was hoping Aaron would be here to make fun of me, but you can do your best. Because I know you guys don't agree. But I don't. I would assume. I haven't really talked to you about it. I like the story. I like, I'm like. i a sucker for Julia Roberts because you know how I like a lot of hair. And she has a lot of... <laughs> and I'm a sucker for that laugh. I don't care. <laughs> that fucking... Oh, that, that stupid laugh. And the backstory of how it happened, fuck you, it's an authentic laugh. But I like the story. Of, uh, I don't know anything about it. So. Once again, just like uh, uh, Poetic Justice, people from do two different statuses coming together, fucking top dog, the hedge fund. Do you have it in there? Do you want to read the description? No. People know what the fuck Pretty Woman is. Hey, I don't really. I mean, I do. Jason Alexander's but... in it. He's oh, I hilarious. love that guy. Jason Alexander is great. If anybody doesn't know who that is, he played George in uh, mm. Seinfeld. So this is what this is what the synopsis of the um, Pretty Woman is: a man in a legal but hurtful business needs an escort for some social events and hires a beautiful prostitute he meets, only to fall in love. Yeah, and uh, but was she really that beautiful? Yeah, for the 1990s. Yeah, I think she's. I don't know. Whatever. Continue. I think she's gorgeous now. Continue. Um, but yeah, how they fall in love and like the whole will this, won't they? Because there's such different levels of life. But like, like her being judged by when she goes shopping, when he gives her money to go shopping and she gets judged by the, the clerks. It's yep. a fucking iconic scene for a reason. Yep. That shit applies to real life in so many ways. And I don't know. I guess I grew up broke. It still applies today. Like, yeah, absolutely. Judge, judge, today, yeah. Uh, prejudice or whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to talk too much about it. But I, I, well, what is I it watch it every movie? couple of years, and I just really like the story. Really like it's story. well yeah. written. It's well told. Uh, directed by Gary Marshall. Um, and it's Richard Greer and and Julia Roberts. Yeah, which I've n- I've never been a fan of Richard Greer. Nah, he's it's a he's a one tone pony. Yeah. Yep. He, 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 like, yeah. It's not that there are films that he I I can watch him in. It's just him as an actor. I just I don't see anything impressive about and him. And it's true. Like even their ke- chemistry in the movie, it doesn't grasp me. No. Like I don't believe for a fucking second that they care about each other or whatever. Yeah. Uh, At that but, point, do you feel like it's basically just uh, oh she's an attractive woman and that's about it? No, not not if you care about the story. And how they win each other over. It just doesn't really shine through the screen or the yeah. lens very well. Uh, but on paper, <laughs> it's fucking. <laughs> like most it's things. a well-told story, well-written. Yeah. Green paper. <laughs> yeah, and it did well. And the the original first script is way darker. But really? uh, not not to get talk too much about this. To be honest, it's been a very long time since I've seen Pretty Woman, and I don't recall ever having an issue with it. I just. Been a very long time. Yeah, I watch it like once every 10 years or whatever, but... It's probably been over 10 years since I've seen it, so... Yeah. You want to go back and forth, or no, should I, I keep go going? Just keep going. All right, I'm going to keep it light. This is a rom-com that you told me to watch last year, and it's like one of my favorites. Take Me Home Tonight. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is great. That is funny. Like, 
it's probably funnier, more funny tones than romantic and shit, but I don't know. It's just, it just checks Take all the dots. 2011, Michael Douse. Or Michelle? Mike, no, Michael Douse. Yeah, I, I remember this movie thoroughly. When, Nef- I, when I saw the trailer, I was instantly like, I really want to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until about 10 years later that I finally watched it. Yeah. I bought the DVD and I'm like, fuck yeah, where were you in my entire life? <laughs> it's just a solid, hilarious, just does the rom-com. Uh, is it 70s show, Topher? It's Topher Grace, yep. Yeah. It's got Topher Grace, Chris Pratt, Anna Ferris. Um, I don't remember the chick's name. Yeah. But she's she's in some stuff. Yeah. She's an Australian actress, I think. And then, uh, uh, who's that guy? Who's the, the uh... I, sh- I should have looked him up, but yeah. He's uh, the uncle in um, Goldberg's, as if anyone's listening. It's, uh... <coughs> oh, Dan Fogler. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, his cocaine shit is funny and, and hilarious. Teresa Palmer was the chick that I was trying to think Who she looked like? I was making a joke about it when I mentioned it. She was like a knockoff somebody. I don't know. I meant to watch it before, but... I got distracted with music. <laughs> but yeah, you you tell me about that. It's a rom-com and it's just it's it's fucking hilarious. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I highly suggest that shit. If you're in for a light romantic more funny movie, that's what's up. Yes. Topher Grace that is funniest probably. <laughs> I don't mind Topher Grace. No, I don't I really either. Don't. But there's there's moments where I'm like, "Eh." And then there's moments where I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> like I think I think this is one of those where I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh, then I'm gonna yeah, Eternal Sunshine. Oh damn, yeah. Okay. I forgot to write the whole fucking title down <laughs> of a spotless mind. Yeah, yeah, yep. I 2004 Michael Gondry or Michelle Gondry Gondry seems French. Um. Yeah. yeah that, Eternal sunshine of the spotless. You you consider this a love story, right? It's a fucking it's a it's a story about a couple that was so in love with each other. The breakup was so bad that they didn't want to have memories of their time together because their love was so strong, right? Um, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but the way I I took it off is that it wasn't that it was they were enamored. They were in love with each other. It was a love that was still there but it was a toxic relationship like it wasn't a very good relationship they well, they it, still had issues it, and they it, weren't it's a normal relationship in their but there's was or, but there was there's was like this this almost a resented kind yeah. of take on it which became toxic which yeah. is why okay, they loved yeah, each other but they realized that this wasn't good but they couldn't like get over each other and right but and that's why I think the the love is so strong is that they wipe their memory of said relationship. Oh, here, here. But they l- when the relationship turns sour, <laughs> a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have each other's erased from their memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they eventually overcome that memory swipe by their deep, passionate love that just maybe the... They just it, couldn't get over it. Yeah. Yeah. It was unforgettable. Because that initial connection and where it started from is... Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, every time that they were trying to do it, because this gets really almost inceptiony, like very yeah. like uh, um, sci-fi mm-hmm. kind of thing, where they dive into the mental yeah, world psyche. and and yeah, the psyche and yeah, they just no matter what they were trying to, they were kept trying to erase, but they couldn't, they couldn't erase. Yeah, there was even was like times when they were like 
he was a baby or yeah. like they were doing some weird shit trying to they were working together trying to save the memories or whatever which is great it, stage illusion dude, by the way yeah the way they did that where he was big and the tables were yeah and all that. yeah okay it's great stage illusion that oh, was yeah. not cgi that was all propped yeah great stage yeah, illusion. It looked, yep. yeah i love when people do that they did it in lord of the rings with mm -hmm. the big tables i just love that it's because it's so impressive hell yeah uh this is the camera trick right yep nice yep you and your camera talk you're teaching me but no, I re I love the story. It can be, this movie can be a little slow pacing, but I think the meaning behind it and who wrote it and the 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 hurt and the love is so passionate. It's there, and I'm glad that those two actors, uh, Jim Carrey, I was and the other. I say who was in it because there's some big names in this <laughs> yeah. one, and Jim Carrey's the biggest. But like, who else is it? I I, I don't know. Kate Winslet. Is it, it is Tom her, Wilkinson, yeah. yep. and then Elijah Wood. Oh yeah, Elijah Wood is the douche. Yep, Mark Ruffalo is also in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. David Cross is in it. Kirsten Dunst is in it. Yeah. But it's dark. Yep. But there's this. The name really hits it on the head. The, the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It mm -hmm. is. If you really want to analyze it to this film, it is a perfect title for it. Yeah. It has this. This light, it has this brightness into it, like the sun part, you know, but it's like, it's in the darkest tone. Like, it's it's a typical cliche kind of thing, like the, you know, like a dark tunnel, bright light at the dark tunnel yeah. kind of thing. Light at the end of the yeah, tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they kind of use that as that, at this. Like, mm -hmm. it said the tunnel is his mind, and the bright light is her. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the memories that he can't, because in the darkest moments, even though she may be a part of that dark moment or cause some of that dark moment or some of that pain or whatever, he still can't get over the fact that she's still his son, his sunshine, his bright light. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's... Dude, when they come together fuck. and they fucking remember that shit at, and their their cry fest and their epiphany moments, it's like, whoo, that's yeah. some powerful shit. And doesn't Elijah Wood, like, sabotage it? He's a little bitch yeah. in this movie. He is, oh my because God. Because he likes her or he's, he's love using, with her. He's using inside information to... To fuck with this lady. He's taking that dude's, me Jim Carrey's memories and then applying it to his conversations with her, Kate Winslet. Yep, Kate with, Winslet. Lit. And it's, he's just a piece of shit yeah. trying to manufacture love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, it's, uh, it was, yeah. Uh, this is the one I've seen Elijah Wood in some cringy shit before, but this is one that's like, God, stop it. Yeah. It's so hard to watch. Damn, yeah. But yeah, that might not. Yeah, and yeah, independent, very artsy. Eight point, yeah, it's very art, artsy, yeah. absolutely. Eight point three out of ten, damn. Nice. That's a IMDb score, but right on meta score. I don't know what the fuck that is. Eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, it says it's drama, romance, sci fi. Perfect. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah I, that is I, perfect. I've seen this a handful of times over the years, mm -hmm. and uh, I know, man, that's good. It's a good pick. Damn. <laughs> and then uh, you know me, I love my dark stuff. Right. Dark romance. And then I'm going to go on to... The, this is also a bit on the somber, not really dark side. Uh, a, I'm just going to say the name of the movie. This is where I leave you. Okay. Um, Jason Bateman, Tina Fey. Uh, fuck. Hopefully you're looking it up because I thought I was going to remember him because there's a lot of big actors in this movie. 2014, Sean Levy or Levy. I don't know directed it but this movie has small romance 
uh, shit at the end, but the the topic of discussion in this movie is love in okay. all aspects of it. Oh, Adam Driver. Nice. Yeah, dude. Oh, Rose Rose Byrne, Brian mm-hmm. Byrne, Corey Stahl. Okay, dude. Yeah, Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Connie Britton? It's Damn. fucking packed. Timothy yep. Olfen, Dax Shepard? <laughs> ben Schwartz? Yep. Fuck. Yeah. Dude, it's it's on HBO. It just got added to. Uh, I've never heard of this before. I clicked on it because I like Jason Bateman. And, and all them people, actually. Comedy drama. Okay. Okay. And see... I guess there's some comedy in there, but <laughs> I wouldn't call it a comedy. Like, would you say probably because of Jason Bateman primarily playing comedies that I don't know. they looked at it as a comedy, or is it considered more of a? Would you well, consider okay. it like a dark comedy? No, no, maybe highbrow or smart comedy. Okay, because I giggled at some shit here, yeah. but it's like more of like I I agree, and what you said is really down to earth and cuts to the chase, and it's true. And you know me, I giggle at the truth. Or if I relate to something, I laugh. That's true. It fucking so. And this movie had like three to five. Oh my god, you just fucking like you say you can solve teenage drama in fucking fifteen seconds. That's just kind of what this script had in it. It's dialogue mm-hmm. between Tina Fey and Jason Bateman, their brother and sister, and the way she just fucking calls him out, and and he just accepts it. Like God damn, you you know you're fucking right. It's so I laugh at those moments. Because they just tackle these conversations of love uh, so down-to-earth. And so, yeah. Uh, so, like, for examples of the different types of love that happen, like, they cover everything. Uh, a strong marriage, but, well, Catherine Hahn and the bald guy, Paul. I don't remember his name. Or the, his name. The, the bald tall, guy? Yeah, the, the tall. Corey Stahl? Colors. Yeah, Paul they're, Altman. They're fucking, they are in a deep, uh, they love each other, married forever, but she wants kids, and he they just can't have kids, and it's like throwing a wrench in the thing. But it's not gonna fuck it up because their love is so strong. So like that type of thing. So it's a good relationship. Good relationship, but just... no kids. And then the divorce divorce gone bad. Like Jason Bateman comes home early, finds Dax Shepard fucking his wife, and if anybody wants to see Dax Shepard's ass, there it is. And uh, Apparently so, it's a good-looking ass. So uh, Jason Bateman basically learns throughout the movie he didn't love this, his wife as much as he thought he did. So the divorce gone bad. Uh, then he goes... Oh, and then fucking Jason... Uh, the, the, the father of Jason Bateman's family dies, so everybody goes home. And then uh, they do Shiva. Seven days. They have to sit in quarantine for seven days. I don't know. So it's a Hebrew thing. No, it's a Jewish thing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't so know. I don't know what it was. So right, and then uh, then he meets up with this lady that that he was in love with as a child, and she oh. still lives in that town. Old, they old reconnect. Sweetheart. That's where the romance is. Okay. And then he learns that blah blah blah. And then uh, Adam Driver uh, is a young dude in this thing. So. The the relationship, uh, Adam Driver is dating his therapist, which is like 20 years older than him. Yep. So they have that love dynamic. They tackle on that fucking aspect of it. And then the brother and sister love between uh, Tina Fey and Jason Bateman. And then Tina Fey married for the money. She Her husband, she doesn't exist, but she has her kids. She has her 
her well her security. So she accepted. She's in a loveless marriage. And then Timothy Oliphant is her childhood. Uh, and she'll never love anybody like him again because they were in a car accident and he has brain damage and shit. So it's <laughs> like it's like some deep I'm gonna have to watch this. dude. I think you'd like it. Like yeah, I was I probably uh, would. And I was waiting to talk to you about it till this That's episode. That's good, ac- uh, good actors who. Yeah, I love Timothy. And I can see them, why so. they didn't have to do this film. It's very independent, and it's not like hilarious. It just makes really good points, and and I'm sure I didn't do it justice, but they captured the huge conversation of that topic, love, <laughs> like in all kind of different shows the different varieties of what love thank is you. to people. Yes, yeah. yeah. At first, when you said that, I was thinking like the love signs, you know, like touch or emotion. okay, you know what I'm saying? Like there's that the seven love languages, mm. something like that. I don't know. I'm not going to get into Word. this. I don't know enough about it. Word. But I know one of them is like touch. And like I'm one of those. Like I want to be touched. And and that shows my affection. But okay. some people are like, oh, they want gifts. And it shows oh, them, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Some people just want to be complimented. Mm. You know, no, not, like not that. in that degree. But no, that's what I thought. So okay. like now you, you're showing it's like the different signs of how people view love. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'm very... Yeah, I don't know. And you'll just, I don't know. You'll like the dialogue. It's well-written script. It's, it's, it's smart. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. It's fucking, it's on HBO Max right now. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll put that in my freaking list. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to watch that. It's awesome. All right. And uh, that's my list. That was only three, is it? No. What was? You forgot about Pretty Woman because you don't oh, care yeah. about it at all. What was your, you did Pretty Woman? Oh, it take was. Take Me Home it Tonight. Was, it was Take Me Home Tonight. Yeah. Pretty Woman, Take Me Home Tonight. I just did it pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> take me home tonight. Uh, so pretty woman, take me home tonight. Eternal sunshine. Eternal sunshine, and then this one. Uh, where this is where I leave this you. Is where I, leave you. I also love that title. Titled as well. Interesting title. Fuck. Yeah, Tina Fey looked pretty good in that. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. Um, I just saw a picture. Yeah, <laughs> when I looked it up. So, all right, my turn. Ooh. Man, I'm, I'm, first of all, Take Me Home Tonight completely fucking went over my head. No like, shit. <laughs> I did not even think about that movie, and I love that movie. So Yeah, I was kind of like, should I save it for comedy month or not? But No, I think it's it's pretty good. Because yeah. like, his whole goal was to, he's trying to fall in love with this chick. He's trying to get this chick to like him. Yeah, but. Be noticeable. He wasn't being himself. He and then being when him. he But it worked out. Yeah. It still worked out. It's one of those where like, usually that stuff, oh, it doesn't work out. Yeah. But it worked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. She was cool. And that's where Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt met was on the set of that. Oh, that's... Yep. Oh, my God. Chris Pratt is such a douche in this he movie. Is. <laughs> but he's like this weird, lovable douche, yeah. too. Because he's not... Because it's being, so sad. He's being a douche, but he's also not like a a, a, a complete dick. Right. You he's know what I'm saying? He's doing it out of insecurity or like... Uh, he's doing it out of fun. Like, oh, yeah, trying to impress his boys. Yeah. Like, because, his college, yeah. Because as soon as, like, shit goes down, like, he's all like, well, you know, it's like, it's not that bad, bro, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's not, like, so high on his pedestal. It's just, right. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, that was before we lost all the weight. <laughs> so, oh, man, so mine. All right. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to go with, yeah, I'll go with this one. So, I I love this film. And when I first saw it, I instantly knew this is going to be one of my favorite love stories of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's called Winter's Tale. It's 2014. Okay. It is great. It's a drama, fantasy, mystery, uh, romance, like love story. 
And um, I'll read the, th- the thing off. It's a burglar falls for in a Harris, or uh, not Harris. <laughs> yeah, Harris, whatever they're called. Uh, Harris, a rich person who owns stuff. Okay. Uh, as she dies in his arms. When he learns that he has the gift of reincarnation, he sets out to save her. It has quite the cast. It is Colin Farrell as the lead, and Russell Crowe, Jennifer Conley. Woo! Yeah. And believe it or not, uh, Kevin Corrigan, too, who plays in, um, oh, he's in a bunch of shit. He was in Pineapple Express. Uh, he was in uh, Grounded for Life. Uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of shit. And Will Smith. Really? Yep. Will Smith plays, I believe he's actually uncredited. Must be, I was going to say, there's, I don't think there's a Will Smith movie I haven't seen. Yeah, he, <laughs> he plays the devil. What? Yep. And it's good. Uh, I already wrote it down, and I'm going to check that it's out. It's good, but it is a very unique film. Mm-hmm. And I love the tone. I love the color. Um, Russell Crowe plays a demon. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and a badass demon. <laughs> And, yeah, Colin Farrell basically plays this burglar who, yeah, he, he falls in love. He falls in this ice, and next thing you know, he wakes up, and it's, like, modern time. Oh, okay. Yep, it's it's interesting. Um, I honestly, the story, it's based off a book. Okay. And it's a thick book. I've, I've read the book, and <laughs> the book is good. But this movie really did a great job at like just kind of summing it, like summing it up okay. in a really excellent way. And Colin nice. Farrell basically love at first sight. Like he breaks into this house and this chick is playing the piano, and like he just instantly falls in love with her, you know. And then he finds out like she has to stay cold. She has this weird condition where she has to stay in cold, otherwise she'll overheat and die. Hmm. And so like she eventually does die and he just breaks apart and it's just, it's got this beautiful story, but it's also about kind of like redeeming yourself and like uh, realizing that you aren't really the bad guy kind of thing when there are other forces out there that are worse. And Russell Crowe has a gang Mm -hmm. of like minions and shit. (laughs) Oh, Kevin Durant is in it too. Um, and it's it's kind of I don't is that know. a basketball player? No, Kevin Durant was he actually oh. played football. But Kevin Durant was um, walk walk tall or walking yeah. tall with the Rock. He was like the lead bad guy, okay. big tall dude. He's uh, the strain. He was yeah. the Russian guy in the strain. He's in a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that guy, but yeah, I just I personally really enjoy this film. I'll check it out. That so, sounds awesome. <clears throat> um, tale. Just really like the I like the story. 2014? The 2014 huh. is when it came out, yeah. And the other one I have that I surprisingly really, really enjoy, which is a very similar tone to this film, is um oh crap. Hold on, give me a second. Find it. Uh it, it's the same kind of it's like a sci-fi sci-fi love story. Um Upside Down. 2012, PG-13, called Upside Down. It's a drama fantasy romance and sci-fi. And it stars uh, Jim Sturgis, which, 
I don't know a lot that he's in, but if like I see him, I I know like where he is. I think he was in like uh, across the the across the universe, the the Beatles. No, uh, twenty one, Cloud Atlas. Oh my god, I've tried to watch that movie. I don't know how to help you. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, either way, he uh, Jim Sturgis, Kristen Dunst, um, hmm. Timothy Spall, who played. In the Harry Potter films, he was the little rat guy. Okay. Uh, in the Harry Potter films, and uh, there's a couple other people might be recognized, but it's about Adam and uh, Adam and Eden fell in love as teens, despite the fact that they live on twin worlds with gravities that pull in opposite directions. Oh wow! Yeah, right. It gets very sci-fi. Uh, ten years after a forced separates, a forced separation, Adam sets out on a dangerous quest to reconnect with his love. So literally, there are two planets, two worlds that are like mirrored. Uh-huh. Uh, that they're so close together that there's a mountain peak that they can basically kind of like connect about like you know twenty feet apart, and there there's. Hierarchy. So it's a Romeo and Juliet story. One of the mm. things I hate the most. Yeah. But this is done in a very interesting concept. Gotcha. And so the one world that Kirsten Dunst lives on is like, like the rich world. Like they have no poverty. Like it's the richy, classy. And then the world Popular. that Jim Sturgis' character is on is like the poorest of this poor. Mm-hmm. And like shit falls like down from one, and they use it as like, like fuel to heat their. Like houses. Oh, and shit. living on scraps. Yeah, like that fall from the other yeah, place. From the rich it, place. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's this it's is a totally very, my style with the whole different. Yeah, it's an interesting view, and I really enjoyed it because of that sci-fi concept. Taking a hmm. whole other fucking. I've never world. heard of this. 2011 so, or 12. You said 12. 2012. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of like Kirsten. I know. Anything, but yeah. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a good love yeah, story. Absolutely. You know? and, it, and it's his his whole the whole thing about it was like his devotion to find love to go across the other world to find her it's beautiful like it's that determination <laughs> like yep. he literally found a way to get to the other side and uh, even though he can't because he'll he physically like biologically can't because he'll like float up and fall down into his. Oh body. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. It's a real, really interesting concept. Yeah. Um, so all right. I think I like the originality of it more than mm-hmm. <laughs> of anything. But yeah, that'd be my my second one right there. Um, oh, God, I was I was struggling with these other ones, and I'm gonna have to go with the proposal. <laughs> Damn it! I was that was. I was bouncing back and forth between Take Me Home Tonight and The Proposal. So. Well, I really want to say... I don't know say, why I said damn it. I'm glad you chose that. Because <laughs> this is, that should make a fucking list. Well, I really wanted to say Just Friends again. Yeah. But I used that for the holiday one. True. And honestly, that, that film isn't really about the romance. Right. And all. It kind of is to a point. It's still like a rom-com, but it focuses on more about something else than... Just friends, yeah, yeah. So, and I felt like it was very appropriate to just. Mm-hmm. But the proposal, uh, once again, Ryan Reynolds film. Love Ryan Reynolds. Oh, oh, for me, Sandra Bullock. Yep, Sandra I'm Bullock. I'm a sucker. And and I like her. What's up? No, it's no, your choice. You, you like, talk. You like you like her what? 
I like um, her bossiness. Her, her, yeah, her being a boss bitch. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, she doesn't play that role very often. Not very often. In no. that cutthroat. That other than like I think Crash is that the one where she plays like uh, this like straight up bitch kind of thing. Maybe. But in this one, she's like, yeah, she owns it. Yeah, she owns and, it. And, and there's this sense and, of sadness to it, like that's all she knows, or she's striving for a promotion, but her, I don't know. There was a sense yeah. of sadness to her, and you felt bad for her. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I. <laughs> and then when when he Ryan Reynolds made her get on her knees yep. in the in, on the sidewalk and propose, fucking hilarious. So this was two thousand nine, which mm-hmm. man, I had no idea it was that old. Remember, I I I didn't know this movie existed until I started streaming on Peacock last year, <laughs> and I found it like what the I, fuck? These two I, made a movie together? Yeah, I just can't believe that it's that old. But it's got, yeah, so Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Marion Steenberger, which uh, she was the mom and mm. stepbrothers. That's probably the biggest one I can really think of. Uh, Craig T. Nelson, who played in. Oh, Coach. Coach. <laughs> I was say, you like that show. Yeah. <laughs> Betty White. Oh, yeah. <laughs> great old. Did you hear her dance soul. in the woods? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Sandra Bullock dancing in the woods. Yeah, it's. Uh, She's a badass in that film, too. She. She uh, is the cause of the solution. Yes. At the end in the yep. airplane and stuff. Like she fakes the heart attack yep. or whatever. No. Because <laughs> they love her so much. They'll do anything for her. She uses that to benefit. Yes. Yeah, she, yep. <laughs> she, she really manipulates liked, everybody. <laughs> I really liked it. Are you kidding? You, you thought you were dead? <laughs> and bringing Coach and him together. Yeah. Because they're fucking feud. I liked when uh, they put the dress on Xander Bullock. And yeah. She's like feeling she's like, oh, where are they? Oh, oh there they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I'm a lot bustier than you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is the typical cliche trope of a rom-com. Rom-com, yeah. But what I like about it is, well, besides just Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. and Sandra Bullock, because mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock, is that it had, it's like that that predictable thing. You yeah. know what's going to happen. But the way that it was done, the 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 style, like how it was brought, like it's, um, uh, the emotional moments are believable. They, they, like the way they sell it, and and like when Ryan's sleeping on the floor, or yeah, they're sharing yeah. a room, and they have these like <laughs> these these predictable conversations. But the way it's delivered, for some <laughs> reason, it's like I'm captivated instead of being like, all right, hurry up. Yeah, you know his his despite and, for his boss. Yeah, is. Glorious, yeah. And His quick wits too about who she like because that's who she was as in yeah. her world. It's like in her world, this is what's up. You know, she's the quick wit. This is whatever's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But in his world, which they are, yeah, tables are turned, and now he's the one. Nope, nope. I'm gonna get what I want, kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I like that. It's, movie. it's a cheesy cliche, but I love it. <laughs> I'm just a sucker for it's, Ryan Reynolds. It's cheese with some style. Yep. I like I like the cheese with a little bit of wine. So. Yeah. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> cheese and more cheese. No, metaphorically. Give me a brick of cheese, Metaphorically. Please. I eat brick of cheese like it's a candy bar. Mm. So my fourth one. Fourth and final. Is, uh, it's one of those films that when it came out, it hit me pretty pretty good. It hit me in, in, the, uh, in the heartstrings a little bit, mm-hmm. wherever they are. And the tear jerkers. Yeah, and the tear. It literally pulled them out and just went, here they are. That's the only way you cry. Splat me in the face. <laughs> and that is uh, August 
Rush. I've seen you, this movie around. I've never watched it. Yeah, no? So... But if it's that fucking... August Rush it came out in 2007. Yeah. Uh, it's PG. It's a drama musical, or music as they say, but it's an orphaned musical prodigy uses his gift to try to find his birth parents. His gift? What's that gift? Music. He, oh, he oh, literally is a prodigy. prodigy? Yeah. Okay. So, like, he... They, they do a decent job at really showing that by, like, him listening to the wind mm-hmm. hit the chimes outside of his orphanage. Gotcha. And he just... He can he starts hearing the music. Yeah, he, and then after that, it's just whatever. And he writes his entire symphony hmm. um, kind of thing. But what makes this film, personally to me, so great? Well, actually, I'll get into that. First okay. of all, it's Freddie Highmore. He is... Uh, Bates Motel, he plays Norman Bates. Okay. Uh, he, as a younger kid, yep. he was in a bunch of stuff. Like, I think, uh, Brit- no, Bridge to Terabithia, was it? Or Charlie and the Chalka Factory. He played Charlie with the... Oh, and the new one? The newer one, yeah. Yep. Uh, Finding Neverland. Um, the Good Doctor is another one that he's in mm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I, yeah. I, he's He's a child actor. He still looks like a child. Kind of, yeah. And Good Doctor, he's got to be fucking... All right, whatever. Uh, Carrie Russell. Jonathan Rye... Myers, Meyer? Myers? Um, I, I know these actors. I don't know. <laughs> you look at me like, I don't know who hey, these fuckers yeah. And then you know I'm bad I would, with names. Terrence Howard and Robin Williams. William Sadler. And I think that's really about all the big names that... Terrence Howard, that's Iron Man 1? Yep. Okay. And then you said Robin Williams? Robin Williams. How the fuck? Is he just a side character like Will yeah, Smith was in the other? A little bit more prominent, but yeah, he's a, he's not like a huge... Like actually, he's a catalyst point, but he okay. basically is a... He's the adult that takes these orphanage kids on, on the streets, yeah. brings them in, and then they steal and rob for him to kind of survive. Oh, wow. He's kind of a... He's a bad guy, technically. Yeah. If you want to look at it, he's a bad guy. But he has one of the best lines that I've ever heard, and it's so true. Like, I, I 100% feel connected towards this. And he says that music, all music is is uh, the universe har- uh, connecting with each other, communicating with each other. Damn. And I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't do the justice, but they're just, like, laying there on in a, like an abandoned theater that they live in and looking at the stars, and that's when he's like, all music is is just uh, the, har- uh, the universe you know, communicating with each other and just like, damn, that was just, that was deep words. That makes me want to cry. Quick, right? <laughs> but what makes this to me a romance film was that uh, Carrie Russell and Jonathan Myers, which is uh, Layla and Lewis, are musicians mm-hmm. and they fall in love and they have a child and they separate. Okay. And to me, it's a little less about true love kind of romance, but it's the fact that he wants to find his parents. And he goes through all this stuff, and there's like just it's music, and the the love that I have for music, right, is binding, and that's what this is here. Is they all three have the love for music, and that's what comes together, and that's a harmonizing thing. Mm-hmm. But they reconnect, they find each other, and they reconnect, and it's it's a brilliant thing. But they do it also because of their son that they didn't know was their son, kind of thing. It's just a it's a it's a sad story, but it's a Happy, sad story, too. Right. And uh, so happy tears. Oh, yeah. Like, 
it's just like a beautiful come together thing. Huh. Like he writes a symphony, the symphony that comes out in the park, and like these two come together. Like it's it's very serendipitous, mm-hmm. but it's all about the music, and the music is great. And one of the things that I loved was this song or this movie. Re- did like a rendition of Van Morrison's uh, Moonlight dan- or Moon Dance or whatever, um, which I was a huge fan of the original song, but they do it in a beautiful, slower, beautiful, almost romantic tone. And I just, I love it. I got so obsessed with that little Damn. song. And uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's my the last one. Third one I wrote down. You fucking, I haven't. I don't know which one to watch first. August Rush. Just do it. Probably, because I'm fucking in music mode and making right. music lately, and that would fucking... August Rush. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a great it's a great movie. It really is. Hell yeah. So, yep. I fell in love with this film as soon as it came out. 2009, huh? 2009, yeah. Wait. Oh, no, sorry. No, 2007. So, the my, last film was okay, 2009. Okay, yep. <clears throat> 2007. But that is the three, four, four, four. films. Four films that I have. So, yeah. Uh, what's your list again? Uh, uh, Pretty Woman, Take Me Home Tonight, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, <laughs> This Is Where I Leave You. I'll have to check out that last one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I got for you. Uh, mine was uh, Winter's Tale, Upside Down, uh, The Proposal, and August Rush. Oh, yeah. So, awesome. So, this is the last one, isn't it? This is yeah. the last week that we got this for, for February, huh? Damn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, we'll be doing the March, March Madness. We'll be doing the fucking... Sports stuff. <laughs> We're gonna sports, sports guy. Sports guy chest bump. Right. <laughs> we are farthest people from sports. Right. Yeah. Like this, is the closest I come to sports is like the X Games because I was a snowboarder, skateboarder. Actually, I got did all last year, mm-hmm. so like that's probably the closest I get to sports. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I play I some like video soccer. games. From- <laughs> the Madden, some two K basketball. That's but the closest you get to sports. I, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing for like a week And I'm like ah, this is, I'm old yeah. I, 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 I'm tired of this now, okay, But we'll talk question, more though. About sports next here's month Here's a question Do we want to Do we want to do Like martial art films As sports Because technically It's considered a sport Ooh That's a good question You know Because And I think the answer is yes You want to do that Or would you want to Save that for like action Or foreign <laughs> um, hmm. Well we'll talk we'll about We'll talk about screen. this off, yeah. off yeah. Alright so, Well hell yeah Well Thank you for listening, and uh, Aaron. We'll, we'll we'll next week we'll get his three picks. We'll just do a quick little blip on his, so he. Yeah, we'll do a little. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's only fair. Yeah. We can do a little quick. One. Next, uh, we'll talk about it off screen. Yep. <laughs> sure. so. Whatever. All, All right. right. Well, this has been fun. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Peace.